welcome to Techno, where Sophos experts debate, explore, explain, and hopefully help you to understand the often baffling world of computer security. Unlike the Chet Chat, where we cover a range of recent news items without much depth, in the Techno program, we pick one topic and consider it in more detail. Techno is presented by me, Paul Ducklin. And me, Chester Wisniewski. And in this episode, we're going to look at the thorny issue of passwords. Chester, I know that you have some very strong feelings about things which you consider myths in the password world, things that people do that don't necessarily deliver the results they think. And if I just summarize those in three words, that's reset, complexity, and reuse. So let's start with the first of those, the idea which seems prevalent in many organizations that having regular forced password resets for users is actually a good idea and improves security. What do you have to say to that? A lot of these things are rooted in past experience for many IT professionals. Uh, lots of us have been you know, geeks for a long time and had to deal with the evolution of the internet and computing systems. And I think that you know, the password reset stuff is largely misunderstood or misinterpreted or misimplemented. You know, if we step back into the 80s, the big issue was the reason we started with password resets. The way our passwords are stored, very simply, on Unix systems, they were stored in a world-readable text file on the system, which meant anybody that had access to the system could have uh, you know, a crack at those passwords and access other people's accounts and information. So, Chester, what you're suggesting is that in the early days, because of the way passwords were stored and the number of people who might have read access to important information about your password, like the hash, passwords, even in the days of lower-powered computers, might be considered to have a much shorter lifetime. So the idea of changing them regularly was to be more of a moving target. Is that correct? Absolutely. And if you're choosing you know, quality passwords today, we've evolved many different things. The, the, the hashes, as you say, are no longer so easily accessible without much more complicated attack techniques. And in addition to that, uh, we've all been trained and taught to use more complex passwords, which is a good practice. Uh, the more complex the password is, the much more difficult it becomes to crack. Let's come back to complexity in a minute. Let's stick to the idea of that once a month or once every two months, you ought to change your password, whether you really need to or not, simply because that's a good discipline and habit to have. In most situations, I see it actually work to be a negative. If you're choosing to have a complex password, it's very difficult to remember it. And making people change it all the time makes people choose poor passwords and find something very formulaic. So all people do is they choose password one and then password two. and actually makes the password more predictable, not less predictable. Surely... The time to worry about changing a password is when you're certain or reasonably certain that it's been compromised. And if you're pretty sure that your password isn't known to anybody else, it seems, as you say, that changing it just gets people into poor habits. Yeah. Say I lost a laptop where potentially maybe an attacker could get access to the hashes. Maybe I'll make that user change their password. But having an entire organization change their password on a regular basis gets everybody in the habit of a bad habit. It also seems that it plays into the hands of social engineers if on the third Tuesday of every month it's known that the help desk is busiest with calls from people who've changed their password and then forgotten the new one. You might actually be more easily able to catch an IT help desk with its trousers down. Yeah, or even things like if you know that a company makes everyone change their passwords quarterly, you can kind of guess or bet that almost every user has changed it four times a year and you 
log into LinkedIn and see that they've been an employee since 2000. And you go, okay, 12 times four, that's 48. I bet you their password ends in 48. And you probably could crack quite a lot of them that way. <laughs> so in other words, by forcing change when it's unnecessary, one actually introduces unnecessary risk. Yeah, you, you're taking away complexity and introducing something predictable. And the last thing you want in a password is something predictable. That seems like a good moment to move on to the issue of complexity in passwords. Many organizations seem to have rules or algorithms, if you like, that define how your password should embody complexity. Isn't that a contradiction in terms? Yeah, it's another thing that makes passwords easier to predict. Um, I've got a few examples from my own experiences that just boggle my mind in that when we see password databases being disclosed by hacker groups and things on the internet, we often see where an organization will say, it must be at least nine characters or 10 characters and it must contain a digit. And then we see that five, 10% of users have chosen password one or Christine one. It's the simplest way to meet the requirement without putting any thought into it. If you think about number plates or license plates, as you call them in North America on cars, in New South Wales, they have six characters. You've got 36 to the power of six. And if you do the calculations, that comes out to some enormously large number. But our standard issue plates actually have letter, letter, number, number, letter, letter. And if you do the multiplication for that, you'll find that the grand total of number plates you can represent is significantly smaller just by forcing it into a known pattern. And I guess exactly the same applies for passwords. It does. And I mean, there's a lot of things around complexity and, and many security professionals preach practices that are rather difficult to accomplish with the number of passwords that we have to memorize. And, and, and the importance is to actually go back to that math that you're talking about. I can probably create a 10 character password if I want to mix in punctuation and random digits and all these things that a lot of us preach that would be almost insanely difficult to, to crack. However, you can accomplish a similar mathematical goal by simply making your password longer. Avoiding use of dictionary words is great, and using punctuation is great, but to make a password policy digestible, length is probably the strongest factor you can do, because the alphabet itself, if you consider mixed case, that alone is 52 possibilities. And when you take it from being, instead of 8 long, to 24 long, but it's still something you can remember, it's darn hard to crack, even if you didn't bother to do the comma and the number 2 and all these different things. And the one that annoys me the most is the dependence upon leet speak, as it's known in the IT business, where people just pick a nice word and they go, well, it's not a dictionary word. I added a, a zero instead of an O. And in fact, most password cracking applications that an attacker might use try those things right off the bat because they know how frequently people rely on this false sense of complicating their password. So we're falling into that license plate problem where we have what seems like a large space, yet we're only utilizing a small fraction of it. Now, it strikes me that the idea of having a very long password, which is not something that will be found in a book, the particular advantage of just using alphabetic characters is when it comes to things like tablets or iPhones, where typing numbers and punctuation is quite hard. And for anyone shoulder surfing, actually really obvious when you're doing the, the special stuff. And that's kind of the new frontier of the password problem. I mean, as if passwords weren't enough of a problem for most of us on the web, now we've got this problem of the iPhone and the Android and the tablet. The other thing I don't really understand is a lot of these websites that restrict your password length, and they go, it must be between 12 and 16. And, you know, we mentioned hashes earlier, and the great thing about a hash is you can put in one character or you can put in a thousand characters, and you get a predictable digest that comes outside the other side of the hash. 
So there's really not a good reason if you're storing passwords correctly in an application, a website, a database, whatever it might be, there's not any reason to limit the length of it. If I really wanted to have a password, like Mary had a little lamb, her fleece was white as snow, there's no reason for something to go, oh no, that's too long, I can't store that in the database. It's going to come out as a digest. Okay, Chester, so we've covered whether or not you should change your passwords all the time, regardless of whether you think they're compromised. We've talked about how you make a complex password. Given that all of this complexity makes passwords harder to remember, the last issue I want to look at, which I hear people talking about a lot, is the idea that it's possible to reuse passwords if you're reasonable about it. Now, everybody knows you can't use the same password for everything, but I've met a lot of people who go, well, I, for the easy or basic websites, unimportant websites, I use the same password. Then I have a medium-grade password, which I use on all the others. And then only for the really important sites, of which I only have a few, then I have hard passwords. And they convinced themselves that this sort of password reuse, because you're not using one password for everything, is in fact a good compromise. But is it? For one, you know, I begin this whole idea with I'm not sure when it's okay for someone else to be able to not only impersonate me, but for the, me not to know where they might impersonate me. So if I chose a low quality password and said, ah, that's fine for making a comment on the New York Times or even a comment on nakedsecurity.sophos.com, no big deal. But if I end up using that password at 400 different sites and it does get compromised, now I don't even know where I might be impersonated. And the information that could be gathered by logging into them is frightening. Sony required I give them my birth date, my address, and my, uh, my home telephone number. And Stratfor required I give them my email address. And this other one required that I give them some other personal information. And now all of those accounts are at risk. And I have no idea who might be compiling a dossier, not only my activities, but uh, you know, identity theft. What I think you're saying is you really do need a complex but different password for every single online service you use in an ideal world. Yeah, and it's a rather frightening thing to say that. You know, I personally have, you know, have logins to just around 500 websites that maybe I don't regularly access, but at some point I've needed to create some credentials to. And you go, well, how would you not use password one? or decide that your password to comment on a Yahoo group is going to be Yahoo chat, and the comment on a Google group is going to be Gmail chat. At least they're different, but they're obviously predictable to anybody that knows exactly what your scheme is that you're using. And there really isn't anything that is a giveaway or a throwaway kind of situation when you're talking about your identity and what you do online. Now, you use a password manager, don't you? There are lots of them about. There are some good and some bad. We won't discuss here how you decide whether they're good or bad. Ask a friend or colleague, I guess, for recommendations. A password manager can invent complicated passwords for you. Remember which passwords go with which site. Doesn't that just bring us back to the problem that now you have one password for everything? Because if someone gets the password to the master suitcase of passwords, then that's like having a skeleton key to the whole hotel. Yeah, there certainly is a risk of that. You know, I've got two different policies around using my password management tool. One policy I have is that truly critical accounts like my financial institutions and things like that, going back to your idea of segregating how important something is, those accounts are never stored in the password manager period. Um, they're, they're too important to me to, to risk them to anybody being able to magically unlock them over the internet somewhere. But then the secondary part of that is that when I do choose a new password, it is always different. We've produced a video on YouTube that Graham Cluley did that explains some techniques that people can use to choose new, unique, complex passwords every time that are completely different than the next one. 
Okay, Chester, so we've dealt with the resetting passwords, making complicated passwords and reusing them. I'm going to try and summarize and you tell me if I've learned the right lessons. Firstly, reset passwords when you think that is actually necessary. Don't force change for the sake of it. Secondly, don't try and define complexity. Just encourage users to have some techniques for choosing well. And lastly, and perhaps most importantly, there's no such thing as a password which is unimportant. So choose a different password for every site. And if you find that a mental challenge, consider using a password manager and be extra super cautious with that master password. Yeah, and I think uh, for the IT administrators out there that may be listening, users do want to generally do the right thing. And if we trust people, actually, once you put trust in someone, they have a loyalty and an ability to do the right thing that's surprising. Chester, let me try one last piece of advice and see what you think of it. When you have to change a password or you feel like changing a password, never do it at the end of the day or at the end of your shift. Always do it at the beginning and log in and out several times so you get used to the new password. You get a finger memory, right? You start typing the ah, da, 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 and your fingers just move around the keyboard. It's a great piece of advice, Paul. I agree wholeheartedly. So forcing password resets, busted. Trying to define complexity by simplifying things for users, busted. And reusing passwords because you think they're unimportant ones, very, very definitely busted. Do you agree with all of that? I do. And now if we can just get everyone to start marching along with us, uh, the internet will be a safer place. Excellent. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you've enjoyed this show, then we have plenty more audio-visual material for you, and I'm going to hand over to Chester to tell you where to find it. Well, for the latest news, opinion, advice, and research, you can always find that at nakedsecurity.sophos.com. All of our podcasts are also available at podcasts.sophos.com via RSS or on iTunes. And for our videos, you can find those at youtube.com slash Until next time, stay secure.